Hey there, watchers, it's Whitey with a public service announcement. Whilst we are semi-somewhat professional podcasters and share the same platforms with Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, Bill Simmons, sometimes technology doesn't always fall our way. And this week's one of those times. The audio quality isn't quite up to standard this week. Look, it's still good enough to listen to, but it might be a little bit grating at some stages. We hope you bear with it. This is a lot of fun as we talk about our five guilty pleasures. Thanks for staying with us. And we're on in five, four, three. Welcome to Born to Watch. Hey there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again, Born to Watch. We've got something a little bit different this week. After the huge success of the 10 best movie list, we thought it might be time to dive a little bit further into the team's psyche. Dictionary.com says that guilty pleasure is an activity or piece of media that someone enjoys but would be rather embarrassed by if other people found out it. Tonight we're doing our top five guilty pleasures. There might also be a few honourable mentions along the way. But tonight we'll dive deep into who we really are as we lay ourselves at the mercy of the watchers and hopefully earn your respect through our complete and utter openness. Joining me tonight to peel away the bravado like an insecure onion, Damon. How are you, mate? Oh, we're, we're here again. We are. <laughs> oh, God, so, um, yeah, five uh, five guilty pleasures. Have we mentioned that? Yeah, we did. That's an introduction. That's good. I've forgotten it was. No, that. that's it. So, so yeah, so is um, I'm going to do five. I don't know about how many you guys are going to do, but I'm going to stick to the rules. Okay. Yeah. Look, I may do a couple more in the honourable mentions, but going to try to stick to five. Right. Joining us all the way from the land, Dan. Welcome. Talk about impossible task. How could I possibly feel guilty about any of my viewing? I'm obviously the most discerning of, of the watchers amongst uh, us and the usual cast of reprobates you get on for, for ring-in lickouts. So I'm not embarrassed at all. There's no guilt whatsoever in my list, but we'll have to see how we go. Uh, no, Morse, come on, mate. Consider this like you're coming up with the confessional. I'm, I'm your priest. You come and you're going to tell me you think you're, you've got to be, I know you've probably got uh, The Last Jedi in there or something like that. I'm sure you got, you know. You what was that something. one? I missed it, sorry. The Last Jedi, you know. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984. Come on, I know no, you like it. Come strangely on. enough, there will be no fantasy come movies on. or sci-fi what about, featuring in my list. What about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yeah, he'll say that. Oh. Is that the one with um, Alison Doody? No, that's Last Crusade. So that was the the last. That was the last watchable one, the Last Crusade, and it, and it was a little correct. Mm. But the rest are just uh, unwatchable. Unfortunately, oh, come on, but, you like- no, I, look. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I have put some thought into stuff that maybe I would be guilted about, but yes, it was difficult because of me being me. No, right. Yeah, just in general. Okay, look, so the plan of attack for tonight will go from five to one. 
with five being the movie you are least embarrassed about watching, and one being the movie that you are most embarrassed about watching. And then I want you to tell me a little bit about your relationship with that movie, and then we shall then either rip into you or congratulate you on your on your decision. Give us make the verdict as well as the judge. Guilty? Guilty? Is it guilty? Guilty? Not guilty? I don't know. Okay, so the order tonight it's going to go Damo, Dan, Whitey. Now after last week's uh, week with. Uh, what did we do last week? Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. The working experience. With the work experience kid, Will. Yep. Will brought one page of notes again. I think there might have been two, but it was that. It was a double sided. Yeah, there was that black book had about 50 empty pages. A lot of empty pages. So there's, there's, room, there's room for more notes. There is room for more notes. So I, I think we've, we've definitely planned a little better than the work experience kid. Yeah. So we're going to start with Dano, number five. Guilty pleasure. Okay, you'd like me to approach the bench? Yes, please. I'm going back to our 1965, The Great Race. Ooh. Tony Curtis, Natalie Wood, Jack Lemon. Do you know the movie? I do know the movie. You know, I'm gonna have never seen it. Oh, bullshit. I have never seen the movie. Yeah, actually, that's not true. I'm picturing a Sunday afternoon movie at about the one that was on at three o'clock leading into the news yeah. in about in the 80s. Oh, look, it was on TV so regularly. Like, I'd never hide this in my life. I've never bought it. But How many times did you see it? Oh, look, I reckon about five or six times. Yeah, wow. And, and I did watch it, like, about four years ago. It came on Fox, so I was like, oh, my God, I've got to watch that. Is it a bit what, wacky? Is it what wacky race? Pretty much so. Yeah, so you've got your professional daredevil and uh, white-suited hero, the great Leslie, who's Tony Curtis. And he's up against Jack Lemmon, who's Professor Fate. He's the evil guy who wears black. And he's in this car that it's kind of like Pro- Professor Pat Penning's convertible, whatever that thing was in the Wacky Race. Yes. It rises up in the air. It's got this big thing on the front, which sort of can melt snow. It's like an element. But it's um, it's a funny movie. Jack Lemmon is awesome in it. He plays two characters. He plays Prince Hapnick. They go to some Eastern European country where there's a revolution taking place and there's the world's biggest pie fight in any movie ever. And it's basically, uh, yeah, just this, um, just this race from uh, New York to Paris. It's back when movies were a lot simpler and a lot lamer. Yeah, it's it is. You know, if you watch it, it is so corny, but it's also so funny. But Natalie Wood, like, oh, she, I love the. She was, she, yeah, I, I just, she is so cool. She was number two. Number two, it just a bit quickly. Yeah, it's interesting. The interesting story, Natalie Wood. Dan, have you seen The Great Race? I have. Yeah, and thoughts? Yeah, I, it's it's a blast from the past. Definitely not a guilty pleasure for me, but it's one of those ones that you used to pick up on Saturday afternoon TV all the time and uh, just sort of nestle in and maybe nursing a hangover, check it out and uh, enjoy it. So I certainly remember it reasonably vaguely, but... Uh, do the, the roll call of famous actors from that time certainly uh, spring some some boyhood memories of me on the couch at Woodward Street nursing a f- massive hangover and uh, <laughs> and injured, whiling away the afternoon between flicking over to Wide World of Sports to seeing if there's any surfing or, or skiing on. So Natalie Wood, Natalie Wood, her life was ended before it should have. 
Yeah. Under mysterious circumstances. Well, she drowned, didn't she? She drowned. Yeah. Uh, she's obviously the the, the, the wife of Robert Wagner. Yeah. Uh, who's number two in the Austin Powers movies. And from uh, with Stephanie Powers. I know, you're in TV series all the time. But on the boat as well, Christopher Walken was on the boat as well when she died. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's quite a mystery as to what has happened to Natalie Wood. Absolutely beautiful woman. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you that Yep, gorgeous, totally. Okay, look, let's leave that one. Dan, number five, guilty pleasure for you. Yes, uh, I I mean, I, I wanted to stay within the, the lines when I was colouring in, but it just was never going to happen, unfortunately. So I've, I've, I've been able to narrow it down to a double feature for mine. So my number five guilty pleasures is it's a double bill of Almost Famous and Gone Girl. So the 2000... Well, no, I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, from. yeah so yep. the 2000 Cameron Crowe movie uh, starring a, a roll call of Young Hollywood at the time and, uh, and an amazing performance by Philip Seymour Hoffman. But... The first uh, first outing for Patrick Fugit as uh, as as a, a basically uh, an avatar for Cameron Crowe himself, who was the uh, the writer and director, and and what most of the movie was written about. Not certainly not in a non-fiction by any stretch, but uh, based on his experience growing up as a rock journalist. But then. Patrick Fitcher disappeared and didn't do anything for a long, 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 long time until, until, he, yeah. until he turned up in 2014's Gone Girl with Ben Affleck and that pommy chick who's pretty tidy and Dookie Hauser in the very, very creepy uh, adaptation by, uh, by, by one David Fincher of the, the famous novel. So, yeah, look, tenuous link. Of Patrick Fugit being in both, but if I, I'm looking back at films that I revisit and probably don't need to revisit anymore because I'm not going to glean anything more from them from another viewing, but Almost Famous and Gone Girl, I reckon, are neck and neck for me. It's interesting, you know, because Almost Famous is one of those movies which I think it's it divides opinion. I think there are people. I think you either love it or you just don't like it for some reason, and I. Fall into the I love mean, it's category. Twee, it's schmaltzy. It's you know, it, it's obviously all the things that you you can suggest for for a bit of lazy writing and characterization. But it's also very enjoyable. I tell you what, I really enjoy is the new the new version with the director's cut that you introduced me to, Whitey. That has the additional scenes, a lot more Jimmy Fallon as the uh, the second of the managers when he takes over or assists Noah Taylor. And uh, I, I think it is an improved movie as well. I think, uh, again, what did we need to know? We need to know a little bit more about what was happening at the machinations behind the scenes to get these guys into more stadiums. And uh, just it's just an enjoyable romp for me with characters that uh, you, you, you really love over the years. And then, yeah, Patrick Fugit, who I thought was brilliant and just wondered what the hell was going to happen to this kid who lit up the screen in his first, first acting appearance, disappeared for 14 yeah. years before coming on as a bit part in Gone Girl as uh, the, um, he's, the assistant he's good in detective. Gone Girl. He's excellent. It's very understated performance and everything that made him a star in Almost Famous is revisited. So, yeah, that, look, they're, they're two flicks that I will I will revisit probably more than I should and should have a little bit of guilt about. Now, Damo, if I mention 
the word, the word bonga. Mm. What are the first two words that spring to mind for you? It's, it's uh, well, Hollywood's greatest sidekick actor. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so you, you cannot be guilty, you are not guilty for watching Gone Girl, just for that sidekick scene alone. It's the greatest in cinema. Yeah. Um, but almost famous, yeah, guilty. I do not like that yeah, movie. You don't like it too, so yeah, I would be embarrassed to admit <laughs> that I like that movie. <laughs> it's look, it's a, it's it's an easy watch. It's it's something you can watch with your partner, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, Hold me wife, closer, husband. tidy dancer. Yeah, oh, sing along. Just, it's a great listening. You can along pretend there. you're the See you're the, the uh, guitarist with the stick or the lead singer. Yeah, it's Jason Lee. Another Jason Lee, a real breakout for him as well. This guy was a professional skateboarder. And was was cast in this and uh, a couple of Kevin Smith movies, and really just just took it from there. He was just an, an absolute 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 natural, and 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 very enjoyable. Um, Billy Crudup, oh, impossibly handsome as uh, Russell, the guitarist. Uh, Francis McDermott uh, as the mum. Um, we we mentioned Philip Seymour Hoffman as Lester Bangs, the rock critic, is in three scenes and steals the whole movie. Just, the whole just movie. a really really. Good show, and then Gone Girl is just—I uh, mean, it, the, I did read the book beforehand, so I kind of had a a good idea of how the plot was going to go. But the way that Fincher was able to cherry pick the scenes in order to make a movie of a, a fairly in-depth movie uh, novelization—it uh, it was yeah something I thought was excellent, but wasn't. Well, I, I I don't think a lot of people go back and revisit it because it is ultra creepy. But the side dick just brings me back. Yeah. I've watched I've watched Gone Girl many times. We've done it on podcast. We 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 loved it. It's it's a great movie. And we've got Six Degrees of Kurt Russell in Almost Famous with Kate Hudson. Real life Six Degrees. Oh, yeah. So obviously, uh, Bobby Horn's daughter, and and away we go. And she's excellent in as well as Penny Lane. Uh, it, yeah, it's a good movie. It really is. Okay, now my number five guilty pleasure. If I asked you a question on what is the worst movie song of all time, say, God. The worst movie theme. theme like the, the song that was a theme to a movie that was played over and over and over. And if you've heard it now, there's a big chance just you'll stick a chopstick in your ear. Okay. My number five movie is James Cameron's Titanic. Oh, hey. What? My heart will go on. It will go down as one of the worst songs of all time. Listen, I'm a massive James Warner fan, and I love that. Celine put the lyrics to that, but that music, I love it. Mate, yeah. she's punish. Yeah, so all the punish. The J- Jane Fonda soundtrack is phenomenal first. James Fonda is back is amazing. Yeah, but I, can, I know a lot of people would just sick to death of Celine. What's the name of the artist that's playing in the in the tech shop in the 40-year-old version? Virgin that's on all the time. Oh, God. And I Paul Rudd says name. he's going to... I forget his name. He turns that's who I keep off. thinking of. Yeah. Richard B. Hoff or something, something, something. We'll come back to it. <laughs> right. But when you said James Horner, that's who I thought of. And I heard him on ABC Radio the other day as well, and I was cacking. Is it Titanic? Okay, so Titanic. Yeah, I, I didn't see it at the cinema that came out. I refused to watch it because I wasn't going to get sucked into the whole Titanic thing. So I didn't see it at its first cinema release. So when it came out on DVD, and I was like, shit, you know, this is pretty good. What they were, what he was able to achieve, obviously you've got Leonardo DiCaprio, you've got Kate Winslet, 
one of the most annoying villains in all of cinema Achilles' name. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we know it's the story of the the sinking of the Titanic, but what James Cameron is able to craft out of that is a pretty good story. Yeah. And, and I watched it. And the reason I'm going to say this is because I, I watched this with Isabel. And I think we spoke about this on the podcast before. I watched this with Isabel maybe last year for the first time, and she was instantly in. Yep. Right? And since then, I probably had to watch it three or four times. We went and saw it in 3D at the cinemas, which was really good. And, uh, but it's a guilty pleasure for me because a 40-year-old man should not enjoy watching Titanic as much as I do. Yeah, Kate, I get Kate, Kate Winslet gets a bit well, And not only that, and, and not only that, I've got to also go back to something that I would say on a semi-regular basis, which would be, you know, draw me like your pretty little French girls. <laughs> like, I would use that. Quite regular, that alive. So from a from a pop culture perspective, like wow, draw me like a pretty little fringe. Yeah, it's just one of the greatest. Uh, and, and so for me, it's more the relationship I have with my daughter through that movie. And see, yeah. I go through this emotional roller coaster. Like at the end, where they're where they're paddling through, and the lady's holding the baby, Isabel just absolutely broke down. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, one of these things where she still thinks that some of the movies might actually be really happening. And when I actually explained to her that this actually really happened, that was bad. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> okay. so number four for me is Titanic. And I'm not all that embarrassed to admit it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like it. Yeah. I like it. Where do you sit on Titanic, Dan? Uh, you told me to watch it again, and I haven't yet. I... I do judge you about Titanic. I, I think as a 48-year-old 40, man, you've got better ways to spend your time. I don't, I don't think yeah. it's something that you should revisit. I think you should have rookie numbers when it comes to how many times you've seen that. Demo numbers, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think it's worth your time. But I must say I haven't watched yeah, but... it since I watched it. I reckon I've seen it once. And, do you know what you need uh, to I do? Didn't... Yeah. Do you know what you need to do? You need to, on a, on a wet... Weekend on the land. Get the girls, get some popcorn, get some snacks. Mm-hmm. Sit them down in front. The whole four of you watch Titanic. Yeah, and, right. and I'll, those I'll, girls will love you forever. I'll, uh, I'll I'll take you up on that challenge, and I'll report back to Born to Watch. Please you, do. But yeah, for the for the time being, I'm disgusted. Excellent. Nice work. Okay, we'll move into number four on the list. Damien, what have you got? Uh, I'm going to 1990. Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Men at work. The Garbos. Wow. Yeah. That movie is horrible. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Keith, Keith David. Keith David <laughs> in his all-time greatest performance as the unhinged Vietnam vet who is a psychopath. And it is it is greater than greater than his role in the about Mary. How to get the pizza of the planet? Not better. Keith David in this is phenomenal. But Amelia was such it is a funny movie. Tell me the premise. So, so basically, um they they're the they're garbos that are starting up to buy uh James and Carl's sort of shop. So they're just, you know, gonna do that. But um Charlie Sheen has uh binoculars and he watches his neighbours a lot across the road in, in block of flats. Oh, he's a purpose. Yeah, and he watches this uh senator who's messed up with mixed in with these guys that are doing um illegal dumping of uh paint thinner waste into the ocean in the Pacific Ocean. Anyway, the senator goes into uh the, the 
the girls' house, Susie's chief of staff, opposite Charlie Sheen. And he's all uptight because um, he's, this whole scheme's unraveling. And he's trying to find this tape that, that has um, a confession from the, the bad guys that they're tipping, you know, waste, radioactive waste to the Pacific Ocean. Anyway, Charlie Sheen gets, grabs his BB gun and takes a shot and he shoots the guy in the arse. Anyway, then they're hiding. But what they don't notice is these baddies then come in and actually kill the guy who happens to be a politician. And then they find the body in a garbage bin the next day and they think that that pellet that they shot was the thing that killed this guy. Of course they do. Yeah, so then, but then they've also got Keith David with him who's unhinged and so they, they, they don't want to be seen with the cops and they, they want to just hide the body. So then they, they go on this thing where they, you know, they get kidnapped and then they have to break him out of the paint thinner factory and... Um, there's big punch ups and it's just funny and it's it's stupid but there's some really there there are there are a lot there popular culture for me you know um, glove compartmente is a thing that I still say when you know it just there's a few things okay so numbers what are you looking at oh that I've seen it yeah I reckon I've seen men at work four times <laughs> <laughs> oh well oh. that's a lot. <laughs> I I reckon Men at Work was a, was a stalwart of us at Civic Video back in the day too. I'm sure we went through uh, Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, the hits of hiring policy there at uh, Terminal at Velocity, mm. yeah, or up at um, up at Woodward oh, Street. So oh, no, look, I'll, I'll, I'll hear you on that one, Damo. It's on it's on YouTube. You can watch Men at Work on YouTube. The full movie's on. Remember seeing this movie. Oh, I'm sure I've seen it. I'm sure I've seen it, but, but I can't honestly. Keith, Keith David, you, you are a massive fan of though. This is his best performance here. He is hilarious. In fact, I'm, I'm tempted to source this movie and watch it. It's on YouTube now. It's like the whole movie's on YouTube. Go now. Well, that just says something about it. Yeah, I, I can't find it anywhere except on YouTube. The whole thing's there. All right, well done. Uh, that, what was I going to give you a pass there? I can't judge you on that because I haven't seen it, but. I've seen it. I think it's horrible. I think you've seen it. All right. Uh, Daniel, number four on your list. Yeah, well, for number four, I've chosen four films. So it's a double double of what I would would see. And you're going to pick another. You're going to pick another recurring theme. No, I'll just I'll blast through them. I won't pontificate on them too much. But the four films for number four being Drive. Remember the Titans, La La Land, and Crazy Stupid Love. Now, there's a through line uh, to all of those yes. films. And Wesley. I often get accused of being him as I age disgracefully oh, well. God. So, the gosling of the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> we talked to you, we talked about you, Daniel, in the Cliffhanger episode. And when we did the greatest jackets in cinema history, and I, I was quite quick to, uh, to, Use the Gosling drive jacket and oh, that's said that this will be. I hope that's. I hope that's where you're landing. Win. That is the it greatest. It didn't win. No, it greatest didn't win. jacket and in it, cinema history. And we all decided it, that uh, a bit too silky. That it would be definitely Dan's choice. Uh, look, <laughs> I, I, yeah, they're all reasonable. I, I, I've never seen La La Land from start to finish. Really, I find I find someone who loves Titanic that yeah. to be. Difficult to, uh, to <laughs> yeah. To I, I I never really I never really got into it, and which is big for what me. About crazy, of... crazy, stupid love. I am pretty embarrassed about that. Yeah, it, but again, it's Steve Carell, it's Emma Stone again. 
It's a cracky cast, and Gosling actually is excellent in that movie. He's, he plays great oh, character. And look, whilst he was the through line, and they're all—I mean, La La Land and Crazy Stupid Love, romantic comedies. Remember the Titans? He's only one of an ensemble and a very skinny footballer in that. Yeah, a little bit. He's beating you like he stole something. He's beating—he's getting beaten like he stole something. So, and he was—he's a pretty shit footballer. So he reminded me a little of me in that as well. But he was in Drive. I mean, that Drive Drive is the ultimate style over substance. It's uh, I, yes, I really yes. enjoy the watch, and I love the soundtrack. Damo, you would you would get a little little. I can't remember the soundtrack. On Real pulsing oh. '80s synth pop, uh, and a real hero, real <laughs> human being. You'd love it. Turn turn it on tonight. You'll get a you'll right get a chub. Um, yep. But yeah, look, all films that I get teased for liking so much, Drive especially, it's very polarizing that film, but I, I, I really like it. Nicholas Winfer, um, what Nicholas, Nicholas Winfer, Winding the Reffin or whatever. That's it. That's that it? it. Bloody yeah. Danish. He, uh, he lost me after that one. The one he did in Thailand with the guys. Oh, again, yes. I terrible. couldn't. Couldn't get through. Yeah, it was it was it was so bad. So he lost me. But with Drive, I think he got it got it right. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. I saw him uh, a little while back at a soiree when I was over in La La Land, and he told me to get fucked. He hates Drive, so he thinks it's just a mass wank was what he yep. called it. So I uh, I understand that it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I love the gauze. I'm loving the gauze even more. I must look. I didn't add Barbie to this list because I don't actually love to watch it, but my daughters are always watching it, and I always tune in for the Kennedy song that they do that he does, and I think he's. Okay, well, I still haven't seen. I still haven't seen Barbie yet. And that's a good oh, one. look! It's 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 something you got to watch once. I've seen every scene, but not not um, chronologically. So in all the, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, worth a look. But anyway, there we go. That's my number four. Four films for number four. Uh, I got my number four, and look, this I really love this movie, and I'm not sure whether I should be embarrassed about loving it, but it's it's hot rod. Two thousand seven. Hot rod. Andy said, "Listen now, now listen to this cast, right?" Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, Danny McBride, Isla Fisher, Will Arnett, Ian McShane, Sissy Spacek. Right? Now, if you told me that that was the cast of a movie, you're going, this is going to be a fucking funny. Yeah. Now, I love this movie so much. It's one of the, it's a movie I'll go to two or three times a year pretty comfortably, just when I'm bored and I'm going to watch something. But it's, it's self-proclaimed stuntman Rod Kimball, is preparing for the job of his life to clear 15 buses to raise money for his abusive stepfather, Frank's life's life-saving heart operation. Now, he's the world's worst stuntman with a faint moustache. And there's just something about this movie which just warms my heart and makes me laugh just thinking about it. Right? It, I was badgering to watching this when I had the video shop. Yeah. One of the girls at the video shop was like, had 2006, 2007, it came out. And one of the girls was like, you've got to watch this, you've got to watch this, you've got to watch this. I'm like, look shit, not watching it. I eventually watched it and I was so pissed off at myself that I didn't get on to it early. Yeah, I've seen it once, but I can't really remember it. Though. It's worth watching. Danny McBride is amazing in it. Bill Hader is amazing in it. It's it, every, it's just before everyone took off yeah. in that cast. Except Ian McShane and Sissy Spacek, obviously. But, uh, you know, the blood in the shower for Sissy was... was oh, God. Right. But it is so ridiculously 
stupid. Yeah, that it is funny. Like he's he he's doing a street slalom on a sled, and he's going and he goes, "My safe word, I've got a safe word," and he is he gets pushed down this big hill, and as soon as he goes down the hill, he starts screaming the safe word. But he can't stop. Yeah, yeah. He can't stop. He's thinking that the state weren't going to save him. It, yeah. It's fucking hilarious. So anyway, my, my number four. Yeah. But then again, when we were kids too, we used to get our BMX bikes and stuff and jump over. You know, we'd light it on fire. Yeah, put it rain over the bridge up. Yeah, just some hot roddish sort of stuff. I had a crop up in many a vehicle as a kid. Yeah. Well, I'm not very good at a bar. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Get your mongoose, mate. Get with the toughs. Dan, you said I'm what? Love it. Yeah, I, I can't I, I can't judge you for this one. You uh you've come Not back guilty. with a vengeance. Love it. <laughs> um really enjoy it. Probably don't doesn't get as many viewings, but Andy Sandberg was super young too for this yeah. week. He's since gone on for a big run in Brooklyn nine nine and uh and, and turned up in quite a lot of uh Lonely Planets co written movies. But he uh, I I really like that and to to think that East Bounder Down was just around the corner. Uh, was uh, was just exciting times to come for Danny McBride and uh, and the rest of the cast. So love it. Good choice. Uh, don't don't feel any guilt, mate. It's not like the guilt years. It's not like nineteen ninety one at your house. Uh, it's it's all right. That was deep in the guilt years. There, so many Super Eight catalogs. Uh, if you want to have a laugh, get on YouTube and just look up uh, the Lonely Island the, the songs they do like. That. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's they, funny. Feel good too. Yeah, but they do, they talk about so I'm on a boat, but there's about four or five which is freaking hilarious. Oh right, yeah, that Very, that was a hit, was it? Did it actually make the charts? Just in my pants? Just, or just in my pants again? Probably. I, I don't know, but it might have. You know, it was never um. Tatchful penis. Yeah, it's like King Crim- Crimson or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that was a hit. Yeah, the set to the being. Yeah, I I could have written that song. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, two words in it. Uh, okay, number three, guilty pleasure, Damien. Uh, 1999, never been kissed. Oh, Drew oh, Barrymore. Uh, David Arquette is the brother. Uh, you've got uh, Molly Shannon. You've got John C. Riley. You've got Jessica Alba at her pristine best. Oh, to the blues, pristine. Oh no, mate! This thing was this the this was my first introduction to Jessica. You had a massive yeah, and this she was kissed, and she was like the the, the mean girls. So oh, it was yes. So this is uh, Drew Barrymore's reporter. She's told to go back to school. She, she goes back to school. yeah. She's twenty five. She goes back to school to uh, go undercover to see what kids think these days at school. And she gets a brother in there as well, who David gets twenty one or twenty three, maybe. But he's this baseball legend. But it is funny. It's uh, really. Sad. It's emotional. It's a rom com, like pure rom com. And the pedo. And, and, and at the end, no, no, she she actually falls in love with the teacher. She she well, he's a pedo. And, and but no, but he he, he understands the rules. And um, but then the um, well, the the, the, got, the newspaper catch on again. Let's let's set this guy up. Let's let's make a story about him. And she's like, I'm not going to do that or whatever. But anyway, she, she, you know, like the prom, you know, she becomes prom queen. And then she has this, you know, the, the, the mean girls are about to play a trick on Lily Sobieski, about to pour shit on her. And all carry. Yeah, so they, yeah, it was safe. So, so she stopped it. She said, oh, I'm 25 and my undercover reporter, and, you know, spilled the beans. And uh, then anyway, she goes and she writes this story because it all, everything fell apart. No one sort of liked it. And then she wrote this heartfelt story 
And in the paper, the, her final thing was, and to this man that, you know, I hurt the most, I'm going to stand, this is for the final championship game for the baseball, I'm going to go stand on the mound five minutes before the game starts and I want you to come and kiss me like I've never been kissed before. And I want to feel that full on the true love. Yeah, and the whole crowd's there waiting for it. And I won't tell you what happens, but it's... I reckon, I reckon he comes and kisses up. But, well, he does. But the, the time expires, though, and the whole crowd's all upset. And then he comes running down the stand. He's like, it's Michael Vartan's the teacher. Right? Yes, he's That's a good looking man. He's a good looking man. Yeah. Good looking man. So I didn't see an alias, was he, Michael Vartan? I get it. Was the, he was the end. Yeah, or the. Yeah, for, we say me. We found um, the other good looking bloke. Um, um, yeah, Bradley Cooper. Cooper, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, he, yeah, and with the whole crowd watches as it comes. It's just, uh, you know, I think I saw it in the movies. They might bring a TDI, I'd say. I think I saw it in the movies. That was in a real. Barrymore Renaissance. It was a, but she didn't have her afters. Yeah, she quite. A, she was getting into the sand and stuff. Then, mate, it's a good movie. It, and you know, John C. Riley. Yeah, there's a really, there's really funny parts in this movie. Yeah, Dan, I'm going to let you lead away on Damon on this one to start with because I've got a bit to say to him. Yeah, I, I got two points to make on this one. Uh, the first one is I can't believe this isn't your guiltiest of pleasures because it's pretty <laughs> fucking. <laughs> How exciting though! How exciting! It's pretty shit. It's pretty shit. But I've got to say, I couldn't catch a lot of what you're saying because I'm in a tractor beam of Matt's camel toe that he's given me straight down the lens at the moment <laughs> with his trackies on. So it looks like you. the the world's biggest camel has crawled up <laughs> into his dick region. Uh, so it, it lost me yeah. a lot there. But no, nah, look, what a shit movie and how embarrassing. Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, why do you stun the, uh, the Derek Smalls? He's got the cucumber cup and in foil down there. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm not going through. Not going through. Any, Smile uh, happy at any airport. Uh, security. Uh, Damien, uh, I'm with Daniel. What, what excites me about this episode is that that's your third mm. movie. <laughs> I am so excited. I want you to watch this to see what's... Going on. Listen, one. Do me a favor. Get Megan, Megan, and Bill, and watch this movie. I tell you, they will love it, and you will love it. I, I'm pretty sure I saw it at the movies. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a freaking good. It's a tea jerker, and it's a, yeah, and it's funny. Anyway, guilty. Wow. Okay. Uh, Daniel, number three. Yes. So three movies again. So triple. Oh triple my feature. god. Number three. Uh, this one. Pick the three line through this one. A licorice Pizza, The Grand Grand Budapest Hotel, and The Matrix. Uh, sounds specific. Well, the Wachowskis only did one good movie, so maybe they will do the other two. It's not Keanu Reeves, is it? Is he the through? Oh, no. I'll give you, I'll give you the through line. So the through line is Paul Thomas Anderson, Wes Anderson, and Mr. Anderson. Oh, well, God. Right. So, so, no, so if I'm in Link's surname. Completely unrelated people. So well, got... one's a ca- one's a character and two of the directors. But Licorice yeah. Pizza derided when it came out. It's recently, not good. But it, I don't I'm, think it's really good. I like good. it. Like it. I like it. A lot of um, my girls are right into Haim, Haim, Haim. So yes. I'm uh, I'm I'm well well aware That's of who band, they are right? and their cameos throughout Haim, Haim, Haim. Yeah. Uh, and then. Obviously, just a massive Wes Anderson fan, so love the Grand Budapest Hotel. Ray Fine playing against type as, uh, as, a, as a very comical performance. And we've done The Matrix, and the more I think about it, the more it is a bit of a guilty pleasure for me because the rest of those movies were so awfully awful that. Uh, but I, I'm still drawn to the first one, so I'm the first a little bit guilty. That, uh, 
I like to uh, like to enjoy that. So yeah, but Licorice Pizza, I will stand up for uh, fellow F wits. If you haven't seen it or only seen it once, give it a give it another go. It's it, look, there's not, like, not not a lot of plot. It's it's just kind of the the ramblings of life in the valley in the in the the late seventies and early eighties. But it's I think the Philip Seymour's Hoffman's son who is the, the main protagonist, Gary, he, he does very well in it. And uh, the youngest of the, the Himes, Hames, as uh, both of them non-actors and coming out and leading a movie and just a, a real a real love letter to the Valley in that time and where, where uh, Paul Thomas Anderson grew up, PTA. Uh, yeah, that's uh, three movies that not linked, not linked too well that, uh, but, Definitely uh, uh, guilty for me. And the, the Grand Poudre Best Hotel, again, another massive style over substance, but something you just can't tear your eyes away from. It's just so beautiful to look at. Uh, okay, so Licorice Pizza, they're, like, they're way better Paul Thomas Anderson movies than Licorice Pizza. Oh, no doubt. This, yeah, that's why no, this no, is no, guilty. No, this, yeah. this is why it's guilty, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy Again, I didn't make it through Licorice Pizza. I have not seen the Grand Budapest Hotel because I am an I'm a conscientious objector to Wes Anderson films. Oh, I, that's, I, I, it's all sad. of them are that's shit. Sad. Yeah, no, no, it's not sad. I, I will not <laughs> be sucked in. I will be not sucked in by the fucking bullshit that is Wes Anderson. I'm sorry. Now I'm sure that you and Nick Tolby are going to be extremely upset on me saying yeah, that. Yeah, tell us about me up on this one. He's uh, he's a fan. I am not. I. I'm nearly on the junk. I'm just not smart enough. It's That's still, obviously look, it's what just it is. Style. It's uh, it's it's just a. You can admire the art. I mean, I, I guess it does take someone with a bit of industry insider knowledge to understand how what's going on with the films. And and I'm sure if you took the time, you would love it. But uh, I can also understand why it, uh, it it probably doesn't grasp you at first tug. No, I think that's good. Two two shit ones and a good one. The Matrix is incredible. Oh, you can't. That's undeniably awesome. Yeah, but it is. It is. It is let down by its three embarrassing sequels. Yeah. If that was a standalone movie, ah, oh, done. I think it could be one of the greatest movies ever made. They didn't need to extrapolate on the story. It's one of those things where sometimes what's not said is way more powerful than what is said. It, it was just ridiculous. But they just wanted to uh, milk, milk it. Let's get some more money. So, okay, my number three guilty pleasure, The American President. Oh, yes. Oh, starring Michael what? Douglas, Martin Sheen, and Annette Bening, yep. Ma- uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, Richard Dreyfus. Yes. Uh, it's uh, a Rob Reiner directs it. So it's an all-star thing. It's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. A widowed US president running for re-election. And an environmental lobbyist fall in love. It's all above board, but politics is perception and sparks fly. Yes. And it and it means yeah, and it means excellent. It shows that he's gorgeous. Old Michael Douglas and her together. Yeah, I they're a good team. They she's the she's team. the second second most knock kneed actor in Hollywood. Who's <laughs> the first La- again? Laura Dern. La- Laura Dern. Yeah, that's yes. Laura Dern La- in Jurassic Park. Her knees rattle together as she's sprinting away from one of the pterodactyls or brontiosauruses <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever asauruses. Yeah. Second second most not need. Uh, the American president, yes, I would say um, 
I wouldn't have picked you to be a fan of it. Mate, and I'll tell you the backstory of it. It was one of my dad's favourite movies. Now, I, I grew up watching Rockies, Rambos, a lot of action movies with my dad. And then something happened to my dad. He decided that swearing wasn't cool anymore. And if anyone swore at a movie, well, then he didn't really like watching it anymore. And I was like, mate, this is the guy that introduced an 11-year-old to Aliens. Right. In his lounge room, yeah. watching it yeah. this far, like a metre away from the television. And there were 330 fucks. Yeah. <laughs> so it became quite uh, quite soft when it came to what you like to watch. So the American president was right up his alley. Real feel-good movie. So it's, uh, it was a, one of the few movies that we could actually sit and watch and enjoy together. Now, if I find this anywhere and I scroll past it, I'm going to watch whatever's on at the time. Definitely. And I actually... I'd hate to see, to really dive deep into what my overs and unders are on this. I'm, it's, it's, it'd have to have a two in front of it. I've seen this at least really? many times. Jeez, I reckon wow. I've seen it maybe three. Yeah. And, and I, I enjoy it. There's something about it. Michael Douglas is super charming in it. He's, he's uh, Anna Bennett is great. Michael J. Fox is just the right amount of dickhead in yeah. his position in the yeah. White House. Uh, he... He doesn't know, and she's from, she's from Virginia, and he doesn't know what to give her after the first date, so he sends her a Virginia hand. That's right. So it's, it's, it's really sweet, it's, and it's worth a watch. Yeah. You know, and Dan, what are your thoughts on the American president? Look, I must have seen it, but it must have been pretty forgettable. I'm just looking it up on the interwebs at the moment. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at the poster, and I, nothing is jumping into my soddled brain, <laughs> so... Produced by Rob Reiner, so I'm sure it was uh, the right amount of comedy, a little bit of romance thrown in there. But yeah, pretty pretty shit choice. I, I I'm I'm with you on your guilt. I think you should be super guilty. Okay, excellent, excellent. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty, and after Damo's never been kissed, <laughs> we're now into our top two guilty pleasures of all time. Damo, yeah. What is your number two? I'm going to straight to a uh, video here that uh, 1990 Dolph Lundgren Dark Angel. Now I don't know if you've seen it. I don't think I have. So basically, Dolph's a cop. You know, um, of course he is. He's he's uh, what's he? It's like his name's like um, Dolph Jack Canning. Jack Canning, right? Right, and he he knows martial arts. And he knows and a little bit. He, he's, yeah, he's pretty good. But he teams up. So basically, he's uh he's a narcotics cop. And then um, he's got really nice hair in this, like really nice, nice. He always does, yeah, good hair. Um, but he's he, he's he, he's on this case for heroin, so he's tracking down these heroin guys. But then this third party gets involved, right? And so the the heroin baddies think that Dolph Lundgren, the cops, are sort of cleaning house, and Dolph Lundgren thinks that the, the baddies that are doing all the work. But actually, there's this alien that comes down. It's so it's. Predator sort of odds. He's like a seven foot ball, seven foot human, massive, right? So basically, uh, him and um, uh, he gets te- teams up with this little FBI, typical sort of tropey sort of FBI guy. So you got Big Dolph, the cop, the straight talking, you know, rule breaking cop in there, and you got the FBI guy, stickers, sticker, stickler for the rules. And they investigate a spate of mysterious deaths. Um, normal junkies at normal non-juckies dying of massive heroin overdoses and bearing some horrific puncture marks on their on the forehead, right? So this coupled with Kane's own evidence indicates an alien force is present on the streets of Houston, killing and gathering stops of a rare drug found only in the brain. So 
what happens is the alien's stealing the heroin. He then injects these people with the heroin straight into their chest. They get this natural high. And then he uses this spike thing to go into the brain to suck out the endorphins out of their brain. And then he puts that in a little vial. That becomes like this super perfect drug. And it's just natural. It's endorphins. It's for own, the alien. Yeah, so he can take it back to be a drug dealer back on his own planet. But what happens is that an alien cop lands, some like Terminator, Kyle Reese lands. So there's a there's an alien cop that lands, another big seven-footer. And they have these massive shootouts with these guns that are like exploding machine guns. And then um, the, the cop gets shot in one of the things, but um, he, he manages to get hold of Dolph and tell him, you know, this, you need to stop him in this. So, but the whole thing about this thing, the bad alien says to everyone, and he only says one line, I come in peace. And then he just destroys it, right? He just absolutely hammers it, I come in peace, I come in peace. This all, it, it all leads up to the final Dolph Lundgren one-liner. So, so Dolph Lundgren actually impaled him on this um, in this factory. He just got impaled, so the alien couldn't move. And Dolph grabbed the alien's gun, right? Which is like, oh, Shin's got this powerful belly. And then the alien says to him, "I come in peace." And then Dolph Lundgren says, "And you go in pieces," and blasts him away as he blows up. <laughs> and it's it's on YouTube. I'll move it. Nine and ninety Dark Angel. You know what? I've never wow. seen it. That's it's it's an awesome movie. Like it's an awesome straight to video. You get that, mate. There's so many. There's old Rutger Howe ones, um, Split Second, all these old sort of sci-fi ninety stuff. It is awesome, but straight all straight to video. Dark Angel, nineteen ninety Delta. Not to get confused with Jessica Alba's Dark Angel the TV series. Yeah, nineteen ninety Delta. So Angel. just to end yeah. up, I, I I haven't seen it. Um, I'm sure it's appalling, but it was actually called I Come in Peace. In the US, in America. theatrical yes. release. Yeah. yeah. So, which is a shockingly, shockingly poor name <laughs> for a movie. Yeah. Uh, and Dark Angel is much better. But, yeah, haven't seen it. Look, I can't hate on you for this, Damo, because you showed so much passion and described what you liked about it. The plot sounded quite convoluted and it, it, it asked a lot of Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> who I don't remember as being the, the, the most, um, onion-like of, of actors, but mate, if you love it, all, all power to you. Got to say, a movie that's directed by Craig uh, Baxley and starring Dolph Lundgren, Ryan Ben Ben, yeah, good. Betsy Brantley, Matthias Hughes, Jade Ballas, Billis, Jim Haney, uh, David Aykroyd, Sherman Howard, and actually, a bit of a that guy, Sam Anderson. And Matthias Hughes won the Academy Award for this movie too. We should. Yeah. He was the big, he's like this big, tall, blonde-haired German looking bloke. Like, he's the bad alien. It must be one of Dolph's mates. He went to school with him or something. But so, it is the same thing as like, Arnold fighting is the predator. It's Dolph fighting now. Did he, did he say, you know what he should have said? He should have gone, if he does, he does. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Good movie. A bit of, uh, a little bit of scariness, action, horror, um. Yeah, I'm not mean there's none of that in it. Yeah, but I'm gonna yeah, go and watch Dark Angel. Dark Angel, Dolph Lundgren's best. Daniel, number two, guilty pleasure. Yeah, number two, two for number two, of course. Go, flying all the oh, way back to 1986. What a wondrous year of film. Uh, arguably the best year ever, according to Whitey. 
along with every other year after that and preceding that. But for me, two films really, really, really step out from that as as guilty pleasures and one that I love to revisit. The first one, I've, I've talked about a bit on this podcast and it is Highlander. Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery. There can be only one amazing film for its time. Russell Mulcahy, the Australian director involved with the film and and the style of the film. It hasn't aged terribly well. The fact that the star couldn't speak English is notable in in the (laughs) revisit of the film. But look, something I love to go back and see. And the companion film for that, in my mind, was something that I watched a hell of a lot back then, not so much these days, but definitely still a guilty pleasure is, of course, another film we've mentioned on this podcast, Iron Eagle, which is oh, just yeah. the the straight top to gun rip off, yeah. straight yeah. to video. The yeah. the the kids the kids are outsmarting all the adults who happen to work at a massive American Air Force base. Uh, Jason Gedrick, who Whitey wanted to die so badly in backdraft, yeah, uh, he got backdrafted. Jr. Coming off uh, Officer and a Gentleman, of, in which he was excellent, but uh, look, just a really fun. Fun plot. Doug Masters is the son of a US Air Force pilot who gets captured and he just gets all his young mates at the Air Force base who are army brats and grew up on the base and they decide to steal a plane and Dougie's going to fly it and he's going to go and save his dad. How fucking awesome. Uh, America, fuck yeah. The the final scene, I think, or the penultimate scene is what I really love about this and it's unadulterated America, fuck yeah. But it's it's literally... Doug limping out of airspace and he's got three bogeys on his on his backside and he's not going to make it. He's running out of fuel. And then he just hears over his um, his comms, uh, you are uh, currently engaged in, uh, in, in uh, overseas airspace with one of our F-14 fighters. Is it your intention to engage? And the bogeys just all peel off and turn back. And the guy says, I didn't think so. And it's just yeah, like, fuck yeah, yeah. come on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, look, absolute American tripe. Love it. Love it. Still enjoy it. Very guilty about both of those. But uh, de- definitely two films that I still very much enjoy. The thing with Highlander, like probably one of the best villains, I think, um, Clancy Brown, yeah, Kurgan. But you know some of the other you know punters that were actually had the had the um the Highlander out or the whatever. You wonder how they called. lasted yeah, through eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, for some, yeah, like the yeah. guy that he fought, the guy that he fought in the car park, you know, like yeah, some of these blokes weren't that impressive looking human beings. How about awesome? Well, what, a, what a premise! <laughs> like I I just like the, uh, the the whole idea of it. It was just a, it, and I think the special effects for the time obviously haven't aged terribly well at all, but very similar to Terminator. They did a lot with a little in in made it look as, as stylish as they could with 1980s technology. But yeah, two just two films that I'm not all that proud of of loving, but certainly can yeah. go back to and enjoy myself thoroughly. Good book. Well done. Well done. Okay. My number two, 2005, Doom. Oh, I said that is crap. The Rock. Did you say Doom? D double O M. D double O M. Yeah. Cheering. Mate, uh, this, is, this is a visual medium, and you playing yeah, with I camel toe is recorded. I had to, I had to, I had to rearrange. I'm sorry. Derek Small. <laughs> so The Rock, Carl Urban, Rosamund. Oh, sure. There's your, there's your Gone Girl. Yeah. yeah. Dexter Fletcher. Now, any movie directed by Andre's Bart Cal- oh, what? Oh, he's going to be amazing. <laughs> One of the greats. 
So based on the the game, yeah, the first original first person shooter, Doom. Space Marines are sent to investigate strange events at a research facility on Mars, but find themselves at the mercy of genetically enhanced killing machines. Now, it it's very similar to Resident Evil in some sense, which is another guilty pleasure. Yeah. It's the first real video, like that felt like a the well, it's the first real sort of sort of video game adaptation. Sort of started the year. I love a sci-fi horror. Like I'm a sucker for it, the thing, aliens, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Dark Angel. It's it's a real good movie. But no, it's it is not it's not a good movie, but there is something yeah. about it. It's got it's got terrible caricatures of characters. Yeah. There's a guy that wouldn't be out of place in the cliffhanger henchmen yeah. in the Marines. Yes. It's very early rock. Very early Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. And he plays the the, the captain. Who turns bad because he gets bitten or whatever? He becomes a, he becomes a bad. Yeah. turned. Yeah. But the end of the movie, Carl Urban takes this uh, backseat, which is like Jeanette Jean twenty seven, and it turns him sort of superhuman. Yeah. So for some people, this drive yeah. turns them to the mutants, but to others, it turns them into like a superhuman. So then it turns into first person shooter mode. And for the last sort of five or seven minutes of him going around the corridors, it's like the game. It's yeah. This gun. Yeah. And he's just shooting these six and coming out of that. It's yeah. so fucking bad. It is. But for some reason, yeah, you like I it. really enjoy it. I think, yeah, I think you're definitely guilty there like in a shit movie. It's a bad movie. Yeah. It is. It's really bad. Yeah. But I can't what, what sort of stop you, myself. What made you want what made you watch it in the first place? Like, what was yeah, your... I, I watched it. I, I think it yeah. would have been two things. It would have been... Uh, I'm a bit of... At that stage, 2005, I would have been a bit of a sucker for a video game adaptation. For one. Two, The Rock. Huge draw card for me back then. I was... That was... He was just very early. It would have been just after um, sort of Walking Tall and... Uh, what's the other one? The first one? The Rundown. But it's not the Rundown. It's the Walking to the Jungle. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is a great movie. Actually, there's two different. There's two guilty pleasures right there. But so it's the rock that really drew me to it, and then for some reason, I just really, I just, I liked it. It's yeah. Did, did you play Doom? Did you play? I don't even know. I didn't play Doom. I played Doom in like about ninety seven, ninety six. Yeah, I think on computer. I loved it. Yeah, it's terrible. It was a scary game. It was a scary. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah, because things would just pop up. You just, I just shooting with your shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was at the beginning. But then you got the. Uh, then you just kept that right. Yeah, you got to the BFG, the BFG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I like the pulse rifle. Sort of this um, sh- shot those fluoro green bullets like machine gun style. Yeah, it's now rated forty one A pulse rifle from from, uh, from over. <laughs> oh yeah, because that is just awesome gun. Yeah. Well, the guns in Dark Angel are pretty freaking good too. Stop. Yeah. Stop in Dark Angel. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm si- I'm a little embarrassed to admit that. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Yeah, it's not so great. Video, it's not... video game adaptations, I think, are going to become much more prevalent only because of the success of The Last of Us and the fact yeah. that screenwriters are being uh, are, are leaving Hollywood in droves and going off to the, the yeah. game manufacturers to write these sprawling sagas that are vid- the first-person video games these days. So, yeah, look, I, I, it, it was obviously a, a first whiff at it. I haven't seen it. I, I just know instinctively that it'd be fucking shit. So I, I think yes, yeah, you would um, enjoy. But it. I can't. Yeah, I, I can't I say did. from from actually having seen it. It's funny you mentioned that there because after the Last of Us, I actually just over Christmas, 
uh, and just in short through the start of January, I went back and played The Last of Us again on my PlayStation 4 and finished it. Mm. It's really fucking good. The game is, is great. Similar, and it was in- similar? Mate, it's, similar al- it's, al- the- it's almost... It's almost I'm not going to say it's note for note, but there are so many scenes and there are so many setups in the game that they mm. they made in the in the in the TV show. Yeah. I think when they dropped the book, like, and I would really enjoy the TV show, but there's some pacing issues in the TV show. I think, but it's a great okay. TV show. But there's some pacing issues. The game doesn't have the pacing issues. Got it. Okay. So there you All go. Right, no doom. Yeah, pretty crap. Well done. No, it's really crap. And, and when we get to voting yeah. on the worst movie, it could be it. It's right up there. But yeah, it is. There might be a couple of donors that... Uh, Never been kissed is going to be hard to beat, just saying. <laughs> yeah, and that was sort of the one I was alluding to it. But anyway, and here we go. We're getting to our number ones now. We're the pointy ends. What is your number one guilty pleasure demo? I'm going to 2002. Uh, this is a absolute ripoff of Cinderella. So it's another... Ever wrong after? No, nah. Made in Manhattan. Jennifer oh, Lopez, Ray Fiennes, God. Bob Hoskins, Natasha Richardson. I love this movie. You know, um, Ray Fiennes is like that that senator, and he and he well, he's going to be a senator, but he he goes into the room and J Lo's trying on that rich girl's clothes. She's the maid. She's that just her and a friend just trying the clothes. And Ray Fiennes just walked in, went, "Oh, how about this sort? How do you go?" And then and then all of a sudden. They're out having a walk down the park, and she then gets caught up in living this sort of fake life. But he absolutely is smitten by her, um, thinking that she's this wealthy guest at the hotel. When in actual fact, she's just Jen from the block. Well, don't be fooled by the rocks of the god. <laughs> and and then uh, you know, as as you can imagine, then you know, if, if, if the, the truth comes out. Um, well, he would be fake But then, you know, then he's like, uh, you know, a bit later and he, he thinks about it, he really did love her and he then they had this big public sort of press conference and the, the press followed him and he's, you know, he's speaking to Jenny Jenny, Jenny from the Block's son, you know, where's your mum with? And so she's a single mum to be. Single, single mother. They're really throwing out every year for the rich guy not to like Yeah, and then, and then the little, the boy, the little, the son takes, um, this would be Senator Two, where um, J Lo's working, and and yeah, in, in another a hotel as another maid, and uh, yeah, and he admits he's loved her, and then they you know they kiss and they become you know together, and it's it's a uh, it's another bit of a tearjerker. So when, when you I, say I, I you, happen to love you it. really love it, and what, like how many it, yeah. viewings are we talking on this? Oh, wait, wait, probably seen maybe three or four, probably four, probably four. Yeah, mate. It's 24 to so it's it's yeah. it's made it's M A I D yeah I know I know get yeah that's the idea yeah I get it it's still should get yeah yes so I I do like this movie and I know uh you know there's probably a lot of females that would love this movie not so many um blokes would probably get into this but I I do I I, I don't mind it uh, Dan can I do you want to start with this one or should I have my couple Look, of questions I, that I've got. I am aware of this movie. I, I don't think I've seen it all the way through. I do know that my wife really likes it, and it's probably only surpassed by my wife's love of it by How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days with oh, God. Uh, Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson, and they're from the same sort of same well for sure. Like really fucking yep. shit movies. 
uh, <laughs> with, with romance at its core. So, but her and actually my neighbour, uh, female neighbour, loves it as well. So they they both froth yep. on how well, it's going. Well, I might go and hang but, with them then. You could, but made in Manhattan. I am aware of it. Look, I I just want a little side note into the fact that J Lo is completely ageless, and I saw a, uh, yeah. a photo of her the other day, and she looks exactly the same as she did back she's in like fifty four now or, or something. Yeah. yeah, so she's she's uh, definitely doing well in that respect. But yeah, I I don't know what would make a, a man of our ilk and age and uh, <laughs> interests want to watch this film ever let alone four times and froth about it on a podcast. So yeah, just con- confusion is really what I'm feeling at the moment. Mass yeah. mass confusion. Confusion sets here. <laughs> I mean, Demo admits to liking me. Man, I- <laughs> but I do, I look, I do respect the honesty and uh, it's it's definitely um, – Understandable, yeah. I can, I can, I can definitely yeah. see it on at your house. And and look, is it something you want to watch with the missus and maybe the kids? Is that or is oh, it? I think I watched it with Jodie a few times, and uh, and then, yeah. and I and I think the last time I watched it was by myself. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, so this, that's this is a, it is a safe space. It's just the three, just the three of us here. Over that lockdown time, um, yeah, I was just recording whatever movies were on Foxtel, and there happened to be one, so I, I just. I like you. That recorded it, and I and I watched it. And I said, I really like that movie. Yeah, you were making it a uh, Jenny from the block down. Yeah. Oh, look, it's just you know watching seeing J Lo too. She looks absolutely spectacular in this. She's such she's a stunning. shit she's human being. Stunning. Yeah. Well, she's, that's not so shitty. And she's she's funny old sled side dick again. Well, mate, that is. I can understand why she wants him back. This this confuses me, right? So they're they're back together after the 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 Benefer time, and then they've they've come full circle, and and they're back together. But he's not Mad Ben anymore. He's given up the piss. He's given up whatever else he was into, which was probably everything by the, everything. By the look of how hard he went. Yeah. Well, I just think, what the fuck do they talk about? Like the days would be so <laughs> so long. Like I don't I don't understand how. He's doing. He does exactly what he was doing in Gongville. Just sits on the couch playing PlayStation mm. <laughs> and thinking about what's added. I'm going to get. Should I get a Phoenix on my front to match the one I got on my back? Oh yeah, some quest- questionable body artwork. But he also he, he always looks so unhappy whenever they're out together yes. at an awards show. Yeah, so he like does. That. And he's got like yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange coupling. I, I hope they're very happy. I haven't met either of them. I know we've got mutual friends. Oh, I haven't yet. But I no, but I don't know those two. Um, so I, I'm I'm dying to know more. If anyone, any of the efforts know a bit more about what keeps them together with old off the piss and uh, and J Lo, I'd uh, I'd really be interested to hear. So do you I think that, that uh, Ray finds he wouldn't have been sitting on the balcony trying to shoot. Her. No, he wasn't aiming. He wasn't aiming. Yeah, look, hey, hey. He was nice. He, look, he, he needed funny. a obviously needed a payday, and I'd, I'd say he got paid massive wedge to to uh, to sully and debase himself in in such a manner. <laughs> but I uh, yeah, I, I can't really speak uh, any highly of anything about that movie whatsoever. No, yes, okay, good one, uh, Daniel. Your number one guilty pleasure. Yeah, look, uh, I, I have kept the best for last, and it is number one for me. It's in a similar vein to Demo. I would like to say it's wholeheartedly a better, more enjoyable movie, but it definitely skews a bit more towards 
the uh, the, the traditional chick romance uh, comedy genres and and subgenres, but it's something that I can watch and thoroughly enjoy and have seen a multitude of times, way more than four times. Uh, it's something that my family enjoys as well, which does help. But uh, I'm ready for the abuse, and I'm I'm ready to share a little bit about myself with uh, with the three of us in this in this uh, kind of silence shared space um, but it's a 2006 film starring uh, Meryl Streep Emily Blunt Stanley oh Tucci oh, Simon yeah, Baker, Neville Prada. Adrian Ooh. Grenier and uh, uh, of course Anne Hathaway but it is in fact The Devil Wears Prada now yeah yeah really 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 enjoyable film I uh, I, I can okay, – um, uh, what Tom Brady's ex also pops up as one of the workers in that, at the magazine, Giselle. Yeah, and it just – look, it's a it's, – it's, why do I like it so much? I don't know. I find – I really like Meryl Streep's performance. I think it's, I think it's great. I think it, it's, it brings Emily Blunt to the screen for the first time. Oh, she looks so good in this year. And, yeah, love her. Stanley Tucci's brilliant. Um, Adrian Grenier, it was his only go, really, wasn't it, outside of Entourage to make him yeah, an Yeah, he, he flopped, and, didn't he, really? Yeah, he's, he's not worth much. I tell you what, Simon Baker, he, in the, the recent Boy Swallows Universe – has just uh, reaffirmed what a great Australian talent that guy is. He's brilliant in that film, playing it for laughs and, and definitely against type, not the heartthrob that he plays in every other film. But, yeah, look, just a enjoyable, enjoyable film. Suddenly I, suddenly I see. <laughs> I, I mean, I, did, I, I like their worst run. I definitely, I definitely think that's – definitely I could hold that in my list as well. Uh, and Stanley Tucci was in Maiden Man. As well. Never seen – Never seen, seen Wears, uh, I've never seen Devil Wears Prada. Oh, you, Again. You've given me Titanic as homework. You need to watch Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So the, uh, this is a video shop movement. So this came out of the video shop. It was out. Yeah. And the book didn't you know what it rented it's, awards. Rented its clacker. Sure it was very popular. It was very, I don't know if I want it. I, was, I reckon it did. No. What? Meryl Streep? Or it's that? Devil Wears Prada. Surely. No. Well, I think it was pretty loose. And... It was one of those ones where I guess I just bucked the trend on this. I, was, I didn't use Twitter media to watch it. I, re- I, I like the sums, the sum of the parts. So I like Mill Street. I really like Anne Hathaway. Like Emily Blunt. Stanley Tucci's a legend. But nah, sorry, not interested. No, I, I really liked it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I could say yes, definitely. This is um, uh, not many morgues. I'd back it up here. You know, I don't think too many blokes would that. But yep. No, no, I, I I expect some backlash from uh, from from our fans and and from our uh, our mates, but yeah, look, I, I stand by it. I, it's a really entertaining film. Obviously, uh, based loosely on Anna Winter, the, uh, the 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 fashion mogul who was a uh, head of Vogue for 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 many many years, and uh, said to be that strip modelled her performance on on her and she took it pretty well and said it was an enjoyable film when she saw it, which must have been pretty confronting seeing the uh, biatch that was Meryl Streep at the start. Uh, although her, arc, her arc's pretty good in the end, but yeah, there we go. So, Can't so say so much it, more about it. No, Anne Hathaway's arc is, is fantastic. So she covers yeah. this, this naive young kid and then she's, um yeah, she's just a chip off the old block at the end. She's great. She is. Or a movie. Does, does it very well. But Emily Blunt, I think, steals most of the scenes that she's in and really sets up for, for her great career and, and decade on that that she's had. Have you seen her in that recent 
telly movie about the the flicking out the uh, the 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 pain drugs. Uh, uh yeah, the painkillers. With yeah, with one with of the Chris's. Like that. It's, with, her, um, it's with it's uh, with Captain America. It's Captain America. Yeah, Chris yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't it's good. It. Really good. One? Worth a, worth a look. Yeah, yeah. Worth. I think it's a net net flizzle, but um, worth a look. But yeah. yeah anyway, she's good. Definitely watch. Great. There's no doubt. She's great. Uh, you need okay. to you need to watch Devil Wears Prada and come back to us. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. I will. It's got a very good. I love the cover. I think the cover is very very good of the of the movie. But uh, haven't seen it yet. And uh, if I've got some homework to do, then it was nominated for two Oscars. Yeah, uh, I know. I would have been nominated. surprised if it. If Meryl's nominated. Yeah, didn't win it either. Okay, my number one guilty pleasure. Nine eighty-seven. Now I we're in a bookend with two differing moody theme songs here. One which I thought was pretty average. One which I think is pretty fucking good. From the great Starship. We built this city. One, no, nothing's gonna oh, stop us. Oh, I know now. what this is. Oh, here we go. I know. <laughs> Mannequin. Yeah, yeah. That is a shit. Kim Cattrall, Andrew McCarthy, a young artist searching for his vocation, makes a mannequin so perfect he falls in love. Finding the mannequin in a store window, he gets a job there. His creation comes to life. Now this movie. Was wow. the beginning of my massive crush on Kim Cattrall. Oh, like, yeah. And this movie, one hundred percent, would have led me into Big Trouble in China. Right? It would have been one of the reasons I watched Big Trouble in China because Kim Cattrall's. The story is so ridiculous that she is like <laughs> an Egyptian princess who comes back to life through this mannequins in the store that Andrew McCarthy makes because of these. St- Stones or rocks or something. I don't know. There are so many horrendous montages in this movie of them riding bikes through uh, massive department stores and, you know, making window dressings. Oh, right. You know, having fun. Yeah, just, you know, having typical Andrew McCarthy. Not in. Well, you, you're a real anti Andrew. Hate his duck. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm surprised. Considering he unlike this bloke, he's the ugliest of all the heartthrobs. Actually, the second ugliest, Judd Nelson. Judd's got that a bit of a fair comp on him, but Judd's got some character. Judd sucks. I like you. Now, sometimes you just can't fight love, and if it's with a plastic mannequin, then it's what it's going to be. It is. Well, now it's probably kind of normal now. Don't see that? Get all the you can do it. stuff. You can do it. It's this kind of. A- Kind of accepted. It's felt like it's like that. It's got. It, it's not very woke in terms of today. It's got the gay, the big flamboyant gay guy who's the art, who's the window dresser as well. It's it's got uh, Est. Is it uh, who's the old old bird that was in Oscar Estelle uh, that was in Dolly Bills? She's on Neo is one of the development stores. It's also got the policeman out of the of police academy that's trying to hunt down Andrew McCarthy because he's something's going on wrong. James Spader's in it, plays a real greasy slime ball nice. from a from a uh, from a competing department store. Ooh. Mate, it's it's this high stakes. It's Grace Brothers versus David Jones. It's exactly what it is. And it's high stakes. <laughs> and it is so appalling. And eventually she becomes a real human 
and they fall in love for real. And it's kind of like a bit of a mermaid sort of tale. It's a bit mermaid. Uh, no, come re- re- yeah, she becomes real in the end. And it's love, and he's got to save her. She's going to fall. Yeah, chipper. It, it's for some reason this movie has, has been dear to me. I discovered it as a very like it came out at eighty seven. I think I might see it in the movies. And it's one of those movies where, as soon as it, it sort of went missing in my life for a long time. Yes, it's it's very weak. It's weak. It's weak as piss, which is why it's number one. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I'm nothing short of self-aware. Yeah. So I understand. Thank you for coming out. I understand. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I'm joining you with um, Never Been Kissed. And it's it's so bad, but I find myself, I showed it to Isabel. Isabel enjoyed it. I think she also gave me a few sideways glances like, what the fuck are we doing watching this? Which, you know, it just gave me a whole yeah, brand new respect for what Ted Yellow Lord. That's it. That's my number one. No, it's it's a it's a horrible week. Really, just a pure eighties. Yeah, look, it gets a it gets a lot of it gets a bit of a pass just for that that track because obviously Put that's hands on for the, for the last forty years. Yeah, we're crazy. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of popular culture there with Old Mannequin too. I yeah. think people sort of coming. I mean, that that song went to number one in the US, the UK. It was, it yeah. was top five in Oz, so it was. Yeah, that was a big that was a big deal. Um, look, it was it's of its time. Like nineteen eighty seven, we would have thought nothing of watching that and enjoying it. We would have thought that that was for sure completely plausible, and and this fantasy mermaid tale was worthy of our our two bucks at the uh, at Civic Video and 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 worth a look. So I was going to say the harsh light of two thousand and twenty four. It, it, it certainly is up against a lot of other content that I would spend my time doing and also a couple of personal grooming tasks like pulling out my toenails and, and, and chopping off my fore. Right. Um, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it, that, I, that I'd prefer to do. So I – but I can, I can, again, I can understand at your formative years how it stayed with you and yes. uh, it, 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 whether it holds up today. When, when was the last time you saw, saw it, do you think? I watched it last year. Jeez. Wow. Uh, and look, and okay. I'm appalled watching it. I watched it yeah. with Belle. Uh, it's, and it's not like, I feel dirty. You have to go have a shower afterwards. And not because Kim, I've just watched Kim Patrol for 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, like, it, it's it's just one of those movies that I formed a bond with that is, it's didn't got the break. Uh, yeah. But that's a good one. Guilty. Yeah, it's bad. Good for it's sharing. Bad. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it's it's cathartic. Well done. Right. Okay. So, business end of the, of the episode. We're all going to get to pick one movie that we think is the guiltiest of the pleasures. We're going to start, we're going to reverse the order here, and I'm going to go first. And I could very easily go Medica. I'm mine, but I'm not. I'm going never been kissed. No, it's not a good movie. It can't be. It's too wild to think this is a good movie, don't I? You'll get a tear. You watch it. Go upstairs and watch it. You'll have a tear in your eye at the end when she's standing on that baseball pitcher's mound waiting for that guy to come out and kiss her. I won't. If I tear, it's a good-looking guy. Yeah. But I still won't have a, she- I won't have a tear. And check Jessica Alba out as Kirsten. Holy shit. Yeah, no. She's a trap. Well, but she's a bitch. Oh. But she, she she comes out. She's cheering for her at the end, too, in the stands. All right. Daniel, take your pick. Oh, look, it's, you've made it tough, both of you. I I applaud your honesty. I think you, you've both shared very well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Mannequin 
Made in Manhattan and Never Been Kissed are three particularly appalling movies that gentlemen of our ilk would admit to being fond of. But it's very hard for me to go past the Drew Barrymore Never Been Kissed as the movie. worst the worst of those. And I think it, it deserves Seriously. to be your number one and our number one of the evening, not your number three. I actually put it at number three because of the strong cast. It's freaking funny, and it is a just a good movie. Don't know. We're not thought. We're not asking you to justify a decision. Um, old boy. Hey, I was like a quick recap. What was your number two or three? Doom. Oh yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, so I had my top three: American President, Doom, and And Morgan's had ones that I did actually. No, it was like more again as, as you know, I just got to got to got to get to it. Oh, I might have to get Vatican. I think that is just such a piss weak movie. That <laughs> funny, unfunny. What are you talking about? The guy had sex with a plastic model in a teepee. Well, you're sure of it to find a sure. It's my ideal date. Like sure, I understand she's never knocked it back, but you know. I, no, uh, but it, it's just a woeful movie. It's not great. It, it's hard, and, and I'm embarrassed. And if I could, if I did a top three, I think it would be Never Been Kissed, Made in Manhattan, and Madikit. They're they're my worst movies of the evening, and the Wes yeah. Anderson movie. Whatever, whatever <laughs> Wes Anderson did <laughs> be more. They're film. more shit. It's shit. It's licorice pizza or whatever. You know, like that's they're just more just just shit. Just you know that that not, that has about doesn't have the cringe factor to it. No, so you need a bit of cringe factor in there. Morg started to get it, started sort of just we had like twenty movies. Yeah, yeah. well you know Morg started twenty annual beats. You need to get smaller. Yeah. Do we need to buy in a five pack annual beat sort of thing? So I put Max and so whatever we do next time, just get the annual beats with that with that no on it. So if it's a, if it's a top eight things, we get to an eight an eight pack of annual beats or whatever. Yeah. Just put one in the Just one at a time. You're not going to get confused, and you're going to stick to the script. Oh, they all good. All right, now we've got something special for the end of the episode because normally we Ram can do all this kind of stuff, and we don't have that. But we thought for the guilty pleasure episode, there's a movie being released on Prime Video, I believe next month. It's going straight to streaming. The Roadhouse Reimagining Junior is oh. starring Jakey Gyllenhaal. So Jake's um, uh, Pat Swazi. Jake's Swazi. Swazi. Yeah. And what we're going to do here, we're going to play the trailer. And then we're going to spend just a couple minutes just having a chat about what we think about the trailer. Yeah. Can we, the, can we, will we compare it to the original? Well, I don't think it can possibly be comparable. What was the baddie's name with the behind the thigh high boots or the knee guys? Uh, what was his name? He had just little short ass with really long boots. He was the one that fucked guys prettier than him in prison. <laughs> it, was, it was just such a good baddie. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's watch Roadhouse 2024. Before we start, do you have insurance? What? Your coverage good? Like, you have dental? Oh, haha. Is there a hospital nearby? Is it like too far? It's about like 25 minutes, I'd say. Uh, I just slapped you. Are you all right? What? 
So you like to fight? You ever win? No one ever wins a fight. This ain't the Holiday Inn, pal. I am. I'm moving. A friend of mine suggested I come talk to you. I own a roadhouse out in the Florida Keys. Lately, it's been attracting the wrong clientele. I can pay you good money. Judging by your car, you need that. Well, I like my car. Think about it. Come on, brother. I know who you are. Elwood Dalton. Big fan, man. That guy's got a knife under his shirt. You just take a big step back and pop me in the face. You can do it. Tell me about this bouncer. Yeah, it's all nice, like he's Mr. Rogers or something, but then he'll haul off. Ah! Really interesting guy, overall. Rand wants to take the roadhouse away from me. He wants to build some resort. I should warn you, people have a certain way of getting things done around here. Hey, fellas. Looks like you're having a smashing night. Dalton! I got a tip for you. Don't let no one get this close. Come on, bro. Let me guess. You're not threatening me. Tell me to get out of town. I get the impression that you can't be threatened. Once Knox is on the job, it's over, baby. It takes a lot to get me angry, but when I am, I just can't let go. People seem a little aggressive around here. Is that one in front of yours? No, I just broke his arm. Okay. Daniel. I'm sure that's not the first time you've seen the Roadhouse 2024 trailer. No, I've, I was very interested. I got a bit concerned when it was delayed somewhat. I got more concerned when the bragging screen in the title was about Doug Lyman being the producer of the Bourne movies. So it, it, it's fair to say it hasn't tested very well and they've been a little reluctant to spend the brass on, on sending it out to a theatrical release. I'm going to watch it. I, as soon as it comes out on Amazon Prime, I'll, I'll be sure to check it out. But yeah, I, I'd say we just saw all the best of, uh, of the movie in, that, in the trailer based on uh, a couple of telltale signs of, uh, of the promotional spend behind this and the fact that it's not going into theatres. Yeah, it's an issue called Doug Lyman's Disowned the Movie. He directs it. Now, he's disowned the movie and he's got he's pissed off with Amazon because it's gone to streaming. Hasn't got a cinematic release. It it's it looks better than what I anticipated it to be. Yeah, the the fight choreo looked pretty pretty good actually. Like the And, and Conor McGregor looks doesn't look stupid yeah. by the look of it. He, so, he looks yeah, like a good baddie. He looks like he's um, thickened up a bit. Oh, mate, he looks thick. He looks, yeah, he's yeah. not ordinary, but geez, he looks um, But that, that opening where um, slaps, quick slaps, yeah, but the, the conversation, you got insurance, you know, you, yeah. it's it's the old uh, three hits, me hitting you, you hitting the full <laughs> floor, the ambulance hitting top speed, getting into the hospital. Yeah, bike <laughs> like it. Just call on. It should be a script right. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, there's explosions in it too. It's sort of you know, like there's the boat stuff. You can see that it's been 2024. Yeah, uh, you know, old uh, mate from Emergency who owns the Double Deuce is now uh, yeah uh, African American. Oh, little woman. Yes, yes, yes. Zeus who was uh, the Doctor who was the whitest person. He's now the Doctor with Kelly Lee. Was seen on now Latino. It's yeah, and but it's not. It's not just uh, set really at the Double Deuce or his uh, or his pad. You know where he. Well, yeah, it's the one like I think. Yeah, there's there's a lot of yeah, a lot of different sort of uh, scenes that we've just seen. Well, they're in the Florida Keys. What a place! Yeah. Nothing better than seeing a guy be eaten by a crocodile or a bit alligator down there, wouldn't it? Yeah, they're not that they're not that big down there. It looked like it certainly took a hefty bite. Yeah. Geez, Jake's put on some beef too. He has. He's got that in him though. He was cut to pieces. Yeah, and that, a good move is he did where he's hugely buff his Southport. Oh, what is the box on? Yeah. Good movie. Uh, he Good really movie. He's, he can shred the yeah. AGG. I, I think that one thing, the difference between this and the Patrick Swayze one, Patrick Swayze, um, you just had to take everyone's word for it. He was the best bounce. He was that he was keep. This guy's an ex UFC guy. So that, that means, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. So you can just see that he's actually got a foundation in yeah. fighting. So you just don't hang on that he can. He but he's, he's, his reputation precedes him because he was a fighter, not because he was a bouncer. Yeah, oh, you're right. Yes, yeah, so no, I'm a bit different. Point, yeah. Sweezy bit where yeah. the mystery is to And it was why he's stolen the best. And he's just a street fighter that you, that's, yeah, no one really knows about. Where, where Jake Gillenhall, yeah, everyone knows he's been in the octagon um, fighting UFC. Yeah. I know, a bit of a difference. I'm with you, Dad. I'm going to watch it. Oh, I'll watch it. And I think we should, yeah. I think we should do an episode on it. They better be a good bounty with boots, with, with knee-high boots. Yeah, where I think we do an episode on the new. Yeah, that I mean they got to be alligator skin boots. Like. That, the, that original one, that ending, you know, when everyone's sort of dead in that mansion. Yeah, when the, the and, and the cops come in, and go, what's going on? And then you got that one fat bloke come out and goes, a bear fell on me, and they'll do the laugh ending, and there's dead bodies all over the place. Yeah, because, <laughs> because the, it's like, how do you do a laugh ending here? Oh, 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 yeah, Beth. There's dead bodies all over the floor. Dude, everyone. And everyone sort of walks out. Oh, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's village justice. <laughs> they all come in with their guns and they, they, they can't prove who shot who. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, Beth Allen. Village justice. Yeah. The most unusual laugh out I've seen. I love a laugh out. You do like a laugh out. Yeah. Yeah, but that was ridiculous. Actually, men at work laughing. And it, it, it is brilliant. They're at the top of this. They've just you're laughing. Out. You're out. It's you're a laugh. It's a laugh out ending. You, I think it's fantastic. Uh, look, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Dan, do you think? Do you think that there's going to be a sex scene in it that is going to make someone very uncomfortable watching this? I don't. I don't. No, not look. Not not the uh, not the power of the nude Kelly Lynch, which was able yeah. to. Turn my brother uh, very unashamedly or ashamedly. No, look, I think different tone, but a bit more slapstick than the original. The original one played a bit like there was some comedic moments, but it was a bit bit dark, a bit more drama, um, a bit more action flick. This one seems to be a lot. The tone seems a lot lighter and definitely dialing up the comedy top. So we'll see. I'm gonna. I for one will give it a look and come back to you. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we'll cover this one. Yep, yep. Should be exciting. Can we can we do a can we laugh it out today? Can we do a laugh out ending? Sure. Like and we'll do just it off the car. No, we'll do it for yeah. We'll do I'll do the roadhouse line and we just laugh it out. Sure, we can laugh it out. Yeah. Is that the end? Yeah. Are we there yet? I think we're there. Oh, 
I think a bear fell on me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.